0: It's Saturday, and I'm Kramer. It's Saturday's with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. It's been a while since I was able to say that. We haven't had a show in, it seems like, a, a damn near a month, it seems like. But we are here. We have baseball to talk about. We are live on the Odyssey app and on 1660. The Bet, I believe we are live as well on Twitter Spaces. Yes, we have started something brand new here with Saturday's we are We're trying to reach global aspect and spectrum of everything so if you are listening on twitter it might sound a little bit weird or different so just bear with me on that we're still trying to figure out the kinks there but we are live and i mean live it feels good and you know what also feels good to say we have baseball being played everyone we have finally made it baseball is here no more i mean we have some uh, spring football going on but really not many people are actually watching that but we have spring baseball it started about a week and a half ago pitchers and catches reported about a month ago i am ecstatic and also that also means for my actual season of coming uh, coming up here in the kcaba coming up in April 4th, I believe, is when our season starts, so uh, it's baseball is here. I love every single second of it, and from what I've seen so far, there's been a lot of love and hate relationship with some, some new rule changes that have happened in Major League Baseball. We'll discuss that today. Kansas City Royals add a veteran, former All-Star, and former Gold Glover to the team. What does that mean for the Royals? And we also have some WBC. I want you all to get familiar with the Czech Republic because the Czech Republic is very unique and we will get to that more later. But the pitch clock is here in Major League Baseball, and I am loving every single second of it. And I'm actually probably shocked to say that to you all because I'm one of the baseball purists. Granted, I'm only 26 years old, so I actually kind of like the history of everything about the the sport of baseball. And so when the pitch clock was implemented in the minor leagues, I was like, okay, let's see how this works out and test out. Uh, granted, the very first person who had the infraction in the minor leagues was Ben Verlander. He has a great Flippin' Bats podcast. If you haven't listened to that, make sure you go do that. Justin the Justin Verlander's the younger brother. He's electric on the, the mic. But yeah, he was the very first one in the minor leagues to have the very first infraction. The very first infraction of <laughs> Major League Baseball spring training uh, is who else than Manny Machado? Manny Machado wasn't ready at all and they got called out for a strike and yeah that, that's what happened for Manny being Manny and that wasn't the only one apparently there were 69 violations for the very first week of spring training in Major League Baseball and that seems like a lot but at least they're ironing out the kinks now in spring training rather than ironing out during the first week of the regular season of pretty much opening week of Major League Baseball I'm kind of glad that they've they done this now but what the rule comes to, a lot of players need to adapt. You get 15 seconds when you're pitching. You do. You, and the batter has to be ready in the batter's box at the 8-second mark. There's been a lot of players not being ready at the 8-second mark. and There has been some players actually ready at the 8-second mark that's also being being called on for a, a strike. But then we've also seen pitchers not throwing the ball in the entire 15-second time, time slots. That's the seconds on the minutes. And the pitchers get uh, awarded a ball. The batters actually get awarded a ball, a ball to where the pitchers, that, that's thats on them. I think 15 seconds, there's some good and bads with this. 15 seconds is very insanely quick. And it's just watching the clock go down and like, hoping that batter gets back in that batter's box at the 8-minute mark and being ready looking at the pitcher. It's going to be rough. It's going to be very rough. So I'm very glad they're using it right now. Cause they gotta adjust. Twenty seconds when it goes to a runner on first, second, or third base. So anytime there's a runner on base, it goes to 20 seconds. So there's some times for adapting and some times for changing. The pitch clock has worked. I it has cut down the game for what the average of the of a major league baseball game last year is like three hours and fifteen minutes. In spring training so far, the game is two hours and thirty-some minutes. So you at least know they're shaving at least thirty minutes off per game. And then when the upcoming the first Two three months of the regular season, of Major League Baseball. I think it's the first two months that here at Kauffman, instead of it being the first pitch at seven ten, the games are seven fifteen. The game starting at six forty five, so people are getting to the, the game sooner. They, they're going to be getting home a lot sooner because these games are going to go by really quickly. And there's some love hate relationship between that between people because. I've talked to a handful of people last week and this week saying that I I don't like this pitch clock thing. I don't I don't care that about how long the game is the, um, uh, that I go and watch because I'm enjoying every single second of it. And I, for me, like trying to put this all together of like why people don't like it and why people do, I think it's a vicinity thing around the world. If you live here in Kansas City, you probably don't really care about the pitch clock as much because when you go out to Kauffman, you are already expecting that you're going to go to a game. You're going to buy that beer. You're going to buy that hot dog. You're going to sit there and enjoy every single inning of Kansas City Royals baseball that you can. Granted, they may lose more than they win this upcoming season, but that's the risk you're willing to take here in a small market like Kansas City Royals. You have diehard baseball fans going to Kauffman every single night because they love baseball. So they could really care less. That's Those are the people that probably aren't really a big fan of the pitch clock. But if you go to a vicinity area like, say, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, Boston, People probably want a quicker-paced game because of how quickly-paced those cities are. When I went to Boston back in, what, 2017, 2018, my mother was going to was gonna have to text me to figure out whether we actually did go there or not. Uh, well, no, we actually did go there. There's no or not to it. But everything was the hustle and bustle there in the big cities. It's hustle and bustle. we got to get to point A to point B in a certain amount of time. you got to hit that, that, tra- that train to get you to point A to point B. And that's just how it is in bigger cities like that. So I can see a vicinity reasoning of, say, Kansas City, of people not actually truly wanting this. But I put the poll out there. I put the poll out there this morning around like 6 o'clock in the morning. I said, do you like the MLB rule change? And 81.8% of the vote says absolutely. That is That's awesome. I actually love the fact that the people who follow me on Twitter, my close friends, are actually enjoying this pitch clock as much as I'm enjoying this pitch clock as well. Because it is helping out the game. It's speeding the game up. It's getting people in and out of innings. Not even innings. Like batters using it to their advantage. Pitchers using it to their advantage. But there is just one thing that is going to be nitpicky this entire time. We saw it within the very first two games. Was when the bases were loaded in the bottom of the ninth. There was two outs. And it is a tie game. It's a full count pitch. This is between Boston and Atlanta. Listen to just listen to how this uh th- how this went down. Could have him up easily. Uh-oh. And now what? He's out. They have called strike 3. Wow! This- so what happened was the batter wasn't ready in the box, but he was. The pitcher is about ready to throw the bat, ready to throw the baseball. He's getting ready to and the umpire came out and said, "Nope, nope, 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 nope." The batter thought he was going to first base. That's not the case. He gets thrown. He gets out, and the game's over with. Because in spring training, they don't go extra innings. So this game ended in a tie, and it was just a crappy situation for the Red Sox and for the Braves. But I am absolutely glad that this happened because we know the effects of. If you are late in the box or if you're late to throw the pitch and they're cracking down on it, and this is what MLB umpires should be doing now, which they are, and this is going to help out for the long run, getting it into regular season. Then in the postseason, we're not going to see this thing at all happen because the players will adapt. If they would have let this thing slide, this would have no credibility whatsoever for the players on the field of trying to understand what the pitch clock is all about. And for it to come here to, to show us and face, grab us by the throat, saying, Hey, this is the rule. You better get with it. Or you know what? You're going to be out. You actually might be out of a job because who knows how many times that you can um, be in a fraction on the game and cost yourself and your team a strike or an out or easily scored runs. You may not be uh, in Major League Baseball because you have to adapt. Now, another thing of adapting, because the rule change is happening in force effect. Cleveland Guardians pitcher asks for a new ball, and this is what happens. L- l- take pay close attention. James because thrives right that, to it with that breaking ball. Yeah, sure. I mean his fastball dynamite, but that curveball is. He a lives on. Yeah, it sure is. He wants a new ball. Now you see that's. Let's see what the uh, see the clock now. That's funny. They didn't really stop the clock after he changed. It should have reset. He asked for a new ball, and he's allowed. You see, he's telling him he's got to go. Now you see he gets buzzed. They didn't stop the clock when he asked for a new baseball. Yeah, that's got to be. You know, uh, that's weird. That's one that Tita's going to make a note upon. That should be a reset. You're allowed to change a baseball if you want, but they didn't even stop the clock when he threw it in. They continue, and he still gets the strikeout. Good for him to come back and do that. All right, awesome. You get the strikeout, but I honestly, the the pitchers in the wrong here. They're trying to crack down on people, adjusting their hair, adjusting their cap, um, getting the gloves on straight, getting the pitchers make sure they get a ball. you got to think about it. All these baseballs that these pitchers get, they, they are all doctored the exact same way. They're getting the dirt rubbing on there to where it's just a, uh, shoot, I don't know. It's just make sure the ball has more grip on it because no one wants to open up a pack of new baseballs and then go put it out there because it's too slippery. So all these baseballs are already doctored to have it feel like it's already been game used. And that's why the pitchers are there and using it. So if you get that baseball, union, if you don't like it, make sure you throw that pitch. And when you tell the, um, the the catcher to be like, I don't want that ball back, change it out that way. Cause this right here, him throwing the baseball, like, all right, I need a new baseball clock. Doesn't change. He throws it away. Clock's still taking down. Maybe it's at 10 seconds. Now the pitchers um, is still doing his little cap thing. Cause that's for some reason, this pitcher for the Cleveland guardians just has to have some sort of ritual and everything, but it's just uh, they're cracking down on this, and they're trying to get, eliminate this. What was it? Uh, Pedro Baez of the Dodgers took uh, like two minutes at one point last year to throw one pitch because he got on the mound, stepped off, didn't like the ball, threw it away, and it's, it showed a video clip of Jose Altuve hitting an inside-the-park home run. And in two minutes, Jose Altuve ran, ran, hit inside-the-park home run six times how long it took for Pedro Baez to throw that ball to home plate. They're cracking down on that. Stop changing the pitching. You don't need a new baseball. You never do. You just grab the new one, throw it, boom, done, get eliminated, be done. I like what they're doing with this. Now another one. The batter was waiting on a pitcher. Pro tip, don't wait for the pitcher. Just get in the box. Just listen. So it brings up now the eight men in the Red Sox lineup today. 21-year-old Matthew Lugo, who gets an automatic strike called on him before the A.B. begins. We've heard some of these guys, they're allowed one timeout. A lot of people in the past in the minor leagues used it before the first pitch to get themselves settled. So they have one timeout to use, but the only reason why the batter was called for a strike on this is because he was just standing in the box. He wasn't ready. His bat wasn't up. He was just waiting on the pitcher to get ready and all of it. No, 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 no. If you like to look at some batters who just get ready in the box no matter what in a given second, look at Joey Votto. Joey Votto is always ready in the box. Even after a pitch has been thrown, he'll take one step maybe, catch a sign, and then get back in the box. And I can also think, too, that players need to adjust because they think they need to look at their third base coach for the signs. But when there's 15 seconds on the clock, imagine trying to get your sign from the third base coach. Granted, there's nobody on base. So what exactly is the sign he's trying to tell you? Is he trying to tell you to take a pitch, trying to tell you to look at something, he's trying to tell you to swing on a on, swing at something? I don't know, like do a do a sacrifice. You can't even do a sacrifice if there's nobody on base. So I can see how players don't need to look at the third base coach ever anymore. When you're leading off, or if there's nobody on base, because it's at that point in time, it's get on base. That's 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 your job. Who cares what um the third base coach um, is trying to say? Granted, you need to care what he says, especially if there's a runner on base, trying to to know if you can have a a, a squeeze play or somehow to hit and run, uh, a delayed steal esque, and like people are just trying to understand, like communicate that way. But with 15 seconds left, you can't be doing this. You also can't be waiting on the pitcher. If you are a batter in that batter's box, you need to establish that. Hey. When I get in here, I need to put some good wood on the ball because who knows how many times or how many more at-bats I have while I'm called up here. So do not wait on the pitcher. And that was in the Boston Red Sox and Braves. Like There's two infractions that are being shown examples of what not to do in this pitch clock, and the pitch clock's working. It's doing everything that it needs to spectacularly, and I'm loving every single second of it. ESPN is doing a great job right now. Miking up players during spring training, I think they should have at least a mic'd up player every single game. If ESPN's going not have a broadcast, you could talk to him throughout the game. I absolutely love every single second of that because you're kind of getting some behind the scenes esque type things that's happening on the field. I think last uh, one of the games had New York Yankees on there. Aaron Judge was talking about how Harrison Bader is one of the best center fielders that he's ever played with, and he's making him even better out in the outfield because of how what Harrison Bader is as a Gold Glove caliber outfielder. But Francisco Lindor. On ESPN was mic'd up when one of the Houston Astros guys got called out on strikes because he wasn't ready in the box. Take, take a listen. To slide a little further out, um, if I'm trying to go across the. Wow. I think we just had a strike violation strike on Yadier Diaz. He was not ready. Well, we got one (laughs) out. Congratulations. You really played your part in that, Francisco. Yeah, I did it. For folks that don't know, uh, a batter has to be in the box and alert to the pitcher with eight seconds to go, or you get a strike. You can also only call timeout once during an at-bat, or it's an automatic strike. Diaz was not apparently alert to the pitcher with 8 seconds on the clock. So he is I just out. love the fact how Francisco Lindor goes ha ha ha, ha because he knows what's going on. And there's going to be some sort of time when Francisco Lindor is going to be in the box and he's going to be called on a strike uh, because he's not ready. And I, I, there's there's a lot of players in Major League Baseball that have come and gone that would not adapt to this whatsoever. I, there's one person in particular that I can just see right now getting a lot of strike calls on him, and that's Nomar Garcia-Para. Every single time Nomar Garcia-Para took a pitch, he would step out of the batter's box, put his bat under his armpit, adjust his right batter's glove maybe like three or four different times, do it to the his left-hand batter's glove, and do it the three different times. I'm going to get the... Uh, grab his bat from his armpit again, get ready, look at it, do everything, get in the batter's box, and by then there's already 15 seconds have come and gone, probably already 20 seconds have come and gone, maybe 25. Nomar Garcia-Para would be such a terrible candidate to try to fix him because of all his mentality. Heck, we even see what Pete Alonso, he does a meditation in between at-bats and pitches beforehand, like if you look in years past, every single time he gets a step out of the batter's box, Takes a, a big deep breath, meditates, goes into a lot sooner. And we saw on this in the spring training game that when it was going to do up for his at bat in the next falling bottom half of the inning, he sprinted in from first base, got his stuff, got it on, and he did his little meditations in the on-deck circle, which there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be doing that. I personally, for me, playing in the independent a league here in Kansas City, I've gotten to the point where I'm always hustling and bustling if I'm at the top of the order or if I'm in the the lineup. But it makes sense for all of us and f- growing up wise that a pitch clock we have always somewhat dealt with. Cause we've always went growing up, there's only games that are like usually typically if you're in elementary school, it's like 90 minutes to two hours. When you're in middle school, it's two hours games. In high school, it's like two hours games. And even when you play in, like, a wooden bat league that's local here in Kansas City, the games are two hours long. So we have to get as many innings in as possible for two hours long. Granted, there's just a pitch clock before per pitch here in Major League Baseball, so it's still, like, a clock thing. But they should have already been used to this. Why has it taken pitchers so long in years past to throw a baseball into home plate. Look at Luis Garcia of the Houston Astros. He has so many like movements in his pitching windup and rotation that it takes forever. He takes one step back, comes back in, takes another step back, does something with his arms, come around, and then throws the ball into home plate. Well, what we've seen already with him in the spring training is he does one step back, pulls it up, and throws it in on home. So he's eliminated half of his movement from last season and years past to throw a pitch now, which is insanely good. And now let's go to the bad moves for that. the mindset for people right now is the pitch clock benefits the pitchers. Granted, it does, especially the fact that the batter has only seven seconds after the pitcher gets the baseball back from the catcher to get ready, get your sign, and then be ready into the box, make sure you're looking dead set at the pitcher. Uh, yes, the pitcher controls everything right now, but hasn't the pitcher controlled everything in the history? Granted, we saw the spider attack debacle, at, at, was it two years ago now? Was that two years ago, the spider attack stuff being ban- banned? That is seems like it was yesterday, to be honest. But the pitcher is in control with this. What did the other rules that take away that it's not pitcher friendly? Well, the bases got bigger, and everybody like th- kind of laughed about it. But I actually kind of like the bigger bases. I-, I don't know about you all. It's going to have a lot of effect of non-injuring people, and there's going to be a lot more stolen bases. And I'm here for w- I'm here for more offense. I'm here for more offense. But it, yes, the pitch clock. Is a pitcher's dream. They they're gonna use this to their advantage. I mean, heck, we saw Nick Martinez of the San Diego Padres earlier this week. Get ready, get boom, done everything, quick, 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 quick. Nick Martinez does, but there was something quicker, something quicker happened, and that was in the New York Yankees. This, <laughs> a twenty-second strikeout, Wandy Peralta of the New York Yankees, twenty seconds. It took this at bat twenty total seconds. I'm gonna play it all here for you. Listen. Oh, a little quick pitch right there. <laughs> oh, Baraka, pitch for the clock. How he, about that? He got the 16 <laughs> seconds there. or He's got the 13, 12 seconds there, I think. And now Tukapita's down two strikes within eight seconds. <laughs> oh. Wow. All right, that was real time from the first strike to the last strike. 21 seconds. It took 21 seconds for Wandi Peralta to to strike out somebody. That is insane. That's one out. You're telling me if we can go through an inning under what, a minute 30, enough time for a a new entrant in the Royal Rumble to come out? I ain't mad about that, especially if it's good baseball and it's good pitching. Heck, who knows? The batter could, that person could strike out. The next batter can roll over on one. um, They get the out at first base. The next one can be a pop up. You could probably throw five pitches this inning and it'd be under a minute 30. That happens in Major League Baseball. I'd love it. It gets the game going on quicker because so many people are like, all right, highlights click. Come on, come on. I need a 30 second thing. There's people that don't even like to watch movies anymore because of how long movies are these days. All right, one more thing I want to get to with the pitch clock. Then we'll have to take, then we'll have to take a break. We've got to pay the bills here on Skyzer Kramer here on the bet 1660. Um, yeah, if you're I'm a local here in Kansas City, 1660 or the Odyssey app. And I'm also on Twitter as well. We're in the Twitter spaces. So if you want to, if you I guess if you're hanging out and you don't have radio by you and you would want to, just if you have the bird app, go ahead and click on it. But there is one player that hasn't swung in that bat, hasn't swung his bat in eight plate appearances. What do you think, uh, how many times do you think he got on base? Oh wait, I'll wait a second. If I, can, if I don't know if I can even have uh, the uh, I don't know if the audio even saved, yeah, it, it, it saved. The, the hamster on the wheel who's spinning today Doing an excellent job keeping this show On the air, the lights on Beautiful, especially if it's, it's been two weeks Since I've been with you all It's been a hell of a two weeks for me I'll get to it a little bit later But my, Miguel Vargas of the Dodgers Hasn't swung his bat in eight plate appearances Listen Miguel Vargas, he will not swing the bat He'll take a ball now, other teams know he's not swinging, and he's walked three times. And the three times he has walked has been in his first at-bats of the ball game. I asked him today in the clubhouse, you swinging today? He said, nope. <laughs> and yet the count goes to 2-0. and oh. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, well, your on-base percentage has yeah. been pretty good. It's not, not a military swinging? secret. I mean... No. no, he should be swinging by the weekend, they think. Maybe. But he says he feels good. Two zero 2-0 pitch from Nelson. There's a strike. And for those that have not been with us, why would he be in the lineup and bat? Well, he's tracking pitches. Now that may not sound a lot as, as far as importance to someone that's not a hitter, but trust me, it's very important to get the feeling, pick up the release point, get into the flow of things. The problem is to tell yourself when, you, when there's a really a good pitch thrown, Tell yourself, don't swing. Three and one, and he has walked again. Go figure. He has walked in half of his plate appearances. I mean, if you walk in half your plate appearances, I mean, that's good for your on-base percentage. I mean, your on-base percentage at that point is 500, but I actually like what they're doing. This could be a test. This could be a test. Granted, um, uh, Miguel Vargas is wanting to look for pitches because he just wants to see the ball, then he'll get this swing there. I mean, this is a guy that hit a total of 18 home runs um, uh, from low A to triple A last year. So he this and he's I think he's driven like seventy-something all of the total last year. So this is a guy that is going to be almost a mainstay when he gets to the majors whenever that time comes. But I like what they've done here. And I'm curious if many people are going to take this approach because if the pitcher has 15 seconds to throw the baseball, that could be a a time clock thing on the pitcher's end in his mindset to where he's like, oh crap, I gotta get the baseball. I got 15 seconds to make sure this pitch goes to the catcher and everything repeats on everything. And oh my goodness, I am not throwing a strike. Why can't I throw strikes? What is going on? This is like the, all the mental aspect of what's going on in a pitcher's head if one, he can't find the strike zone, and two, if the pitch clock rattles him a little bit at any point in time. I don't think any of the pitch clock has rattled any of the, the pitchers that Miguel Vargas has seen. But I could see how pitchers that have been throwing to Miguel Vargas be like, why isn't this guy swinging the bat? We already know he's not going to swing, but I'm throwing him a middle-middle pitch that he could easily crush that he's not doing that. So there's some advantages or some disadvantages to the pitch clock. I'm loving every single second of it, and I'm curious what you all think of it as well. So if you tweet at me at Kramer Talks or however you can get a hold of me, I want to know your thoughts and opinions over – the pitch clock in Major League Baseball because I'm loving every single second of it. This is a Saturday around the bet 1660. I hope we are all all enjoying our Saturday right now. It's uh it's it's nice here in Kansas City. It's going to be nice tomorrow. It's mean like almost in the 70s here in Kansas City tomorrow. That is insane. That is nuts. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll get into the good, the bad, and the ugly that has happened around here in Major League Baseball, and we have some Royals depth to talk about. We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Back at it here on a Saturday. Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Uh, Last night was fun. Got to watch some rough and rowdy that Barstool puts on, and that was an insane insane boxing stuff i the only thing that sucks about last night was i burnt the roof of my mouth on some domino's pizza last night and oh my goodness the side of my mouth is raw like by my like upper area hurts hurts last night got that dead skin type thing going on i can play with it with my tongue i mean that's what you usually do if you have, you burnt the roof of your mouth yeah it sucks but the rough outy was good if you don't know what rough variety is it's three one-minute boxing round, so you pretty much go on there and you expect a fight. You want to scrap it. It's a a great product that Barstool Sports puts on, and the boys and I love every single second of it. And something that you all should love every single second of is the fact what the Kansas City Royals are doing right now for this team. Earlier this week, they signed Jackie Bradley Jr. to a minor league deal. Remember, Jackie Bradley Jr. was an all-star back in 2016. He also won the Gold Glove back in 2018, but his production on the plate hasn't really swung his way. He's a, a lifetime a 227 batting average. He's on-base percentage is a .306, which is not bad at all. But this is a guy that's a two twenty seven batting average. But he's a great defensive outfielder. I know the Kansas City Royals traded Michael A. Taylor um in offseason to the Minnesota Twins. So this is a, a depth piece that they brought in. And I actually kind of like the depth piece that the Kansas City Royals did here. The, granted, this is also Kyle Isbell's spot for the taking. Like he's this is the, Kyle Isbell should be your center fielder to start the opening season. If it's not him or Drew Waters, granted, I know Drew Waters has an oblique injury right now that, that he flared up, so this kind of helped with the addition of Jackie Bradley Jr. But if Jackie Bradley Jr. makes his big club, I like every single second of it. And here's also another reason why I do like every single second of it. The Royals would have not have done this a year ago, 2 years ago, 3 years ago. This is something that they would not be doing. And the mentality, the mentality of the Tampa Bay Rays system is in full effect here in Kansas City. I firmly believe that. And the reason why is the addition of Fran Mill Reyes. He's also another guy that I would have not expect the Royals to sign, especially for his production. You see him going low, but he's I mean, he's already hit uh, what two bombs already in spring training. He's going to be an electric factory here for the Kansas City Royals upcoming season. He should be your starting left fielder, right fielder. Heck, what, heck, I don't even know where you would put DH. Maybe Framio Reyes. I he's Framil Reyes will be in your the opening day lineup. I firmly believe that it may not be E O. Edward Olavarrus, which Mr. Callie up sends you down. I, I I feel like he's been hosed this entire major league career because I feel like Edward Olavarrus can be a stud. But you need to give him those everyday at bats every single day. Not have him go from major league level to Triple A level to major league level to Triple A level. I don't think we're gonna say that any more time soon because of how his options are. But the it's a very good situation to have if you have a lot of depth pieces, and this is a Matt Controro Even says he's quoted saying, "I feel better about the depth, not because we did not feel good about who was in camp." I feel better about the death because you know how it is. One injury and all of a sudden you are really scrambling. From him saying that, it does sound like Jackie Bradley Jr. will be in the big club opening day. It's what it sounds like. He may not be starting, but he will be there. And another spot in the position, the position group on the defensive side, even also in the lineup, is who's going to play second base. Because Michael Massey right now has is leading a very good case for have him starting at second base. I like Michael Massey a lot. I like Nicky Lopez a lot. But you got to pick between one of the two. Who's going to have a better run production value? Who's going to actually be on base and drive in runs? Nicky Lopez it, like, has improved a lot, and I mean a lot, for his time in the Major League level. He had to improve at the Major League level, which I think helps him even more. But I think there's a bigger upside when it comes to Michael Massey. One, he's younger. Two, he's got a gold glove caliber glove. And at second base, Nicky Lopez has the exact same glove. But if you go to the production value, I think Michael Massey slightly edges Nicky Lopez at the production value on the offensive side of the ball. That sucks because I actually like Nicky Lopez. Nicky Lopez is one of the great cast of characters here in Kansas City, especially with this young core. He's, I would say... Nikki Lopez behind, I mean, Salvador Perez clearly is the voice of the, like, I guess, the, the mentor, the leader. But Nicky Lopez is a close second now in this Kansas City Royals organization. He is a close second of being that big mentor leadership that the Royals front office wants to have a player have, and Nikki Lopez is the, the clear-cut favorite of it. Granted, at some point in time, I would like to see Bobby Witt Jr. be that guy, but right now with how this team is still young, Nikki Lopez is the dude. But I don't see the dude going to be in your opening day lineup because of how Michael Massey has been doing this entire spring training. I mean, heck, he was even the—he uh, was an intern for our sister station here at Six Ten Sports Radio um, uh, for uh, <laughs> during uh, during when he was at the uh, oh my gosh, the par- not the parade uh, radio row when the Super Bowl was happening, which by the way, I went to the parade. That, that, there's Okay, I'll, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit why we haven't had Cyrus or Kramer in the past two weeks. Uh, what's the parade? I, I worked it for our sister station here at WDAF, the Wolf, which is the home of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, broadcast network. And I was handing out pop, and I got sick. Then like I just kept going back and forth of not being sick and being sick. I had I practically had a small case of strep last week. That's why we didn't have the, the show last week. But I'm glad to tell you that the show is here and here to stay for as, as long as possible. That I, until I, until um, uh, my main boss uh, Spec wants to pull me off the air. But the Royals right now, their depth is 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 great. I think we are seeing the Kansas City Royals in a better light, in a better future because they're adapting to this Tampa Bay Rays esque. We're trying to milk as much as possible out of the players that we can sign right now. And if they end up going this a full season as a Royal, cool. They might basically trade the people in the middle if, they, if the Royals aren't doing great, but the guys are. It's kind of like what we've seen in, in years past what the Royals do. And there's going to be a lot of short leashes on contracts here in Kansas City for the foreseeable future. And if you guys do not like what the Rays method is, and that's not by keeping and holding on to players for extended period times... When they think when the, when they think they're done using you, to your best ability to hopefully win or go to the postseason, they're going to cut bait with you. And we already saw that clearly for after the 2020 season when Blake Snell got traded to the San Diego Padres within weeks after the World Series was over. So if you, there's going to be a love hate relationship to this as well, if you like the Rays mentality, you're going to enjoy Royals baseball for the foreseeable future. But if you don't, and you may not see the Bobby Witt Jr. You may not see the MJ Melendez for the the long haul. You may not see the Vinny Pasquantino for the long haul because if they if that if it, if it's if it's like how it is over there, you might see only one of these guys stay and the other ones walk because that's all the money they have in the world. But then there's also a lot of money that they have in the world that's uh, that's elsewhere in Major League Baseball. So we're going to get to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start with what do you guys want to start with? Do you want good news or bad news or the ugly news? I think we should always start off with the bad news. We're gonna start with the bad news. We're gonna start with the bad news. If you are any team, not the San Diego named, not the San Diego Padres, then you are probably, probably in a world of trouble. Uh, I'm gonna put air quotes on this because of how the the market is. It's classified as a small market in San Diego, but they got deep pockets. They got deep pockets for their ownership group. They signed an extension with Manny Machado on an 11-year, $350 million extension. This is the third highest extension ever in Major League Baseball. And the Padres aren't done locking up talent. They're trying to also lock up talent in Juan Soto, who they acquired last year on the, during the trade deadline. And they also are trying to lock up Josh Hader, who they also acquired around the trade deadline last year as well. They have the money for it. They're going to go for it. I think they're trying to copy the model of what the New York Mets have done this entire offseason. The Mets, just it's ridiculous. But knowing that you have Mena Machado locked up, Xander Bogarts locked up, Fernando Tatis Jr. locked up, you have a great core with three players that are going to be in your everyday lineup every single And it's all about that after that is just to maneuver the people around him. And that's signing Juan Soto for an extensive amount of time. If these guys play, and I mean play with each other, for five to six, seven years plus, San Diego should have no problem of winning a World Series within that time. So all that money that the owners are shelling out, they're going to make that back within years. And what I mean by years, like, if mean, they win in the next six to seven years. They go to, say, say, they go to three World Series, they win one. You've already made your money back by, the, by year five or year four. Like, that's, that's just how it, it is with how, how much money is actually poured into Major League Baseball. People, people forget how much money actually is inside Major League Baseball. That's why most people, most owners use it as a business venture to make money. Padres right now they want to make money, but in order to make money you got to spend money. And if you spend big money, then you're hoping to make big money, and which that's exactly the case. What's happening right here? So the, the the bad. Why I'm saying this is the bad is because this is bad for every single small market team in Major League Baseball who cannot do this because of owners being sticklers. I cannot see. Not even I cannot see. How many times do you think? This payroll that the Oakland Athletics have can fit into this $350 million thing. I'm just going to do it real quick right now. 350 divided by 45 million goes into 7.7. You can fit the entire payroll seven, almost eight times into Manny Machado's new extension contract for Major League Baseball. And Oakland is a small market team. We all know this. We're not seeing the Kansas City Royals shell out this type of money because, one, I don't know if they have it. I hope they do, but I don't know if they have it. If they do, can you please give it to Bobby Witt Jr.? Can you please give it to Vinny Pasquantino? Can you please give it to M.J. Melendez? You already know you're not going to give it to Salvador Perez. So why don't you just give it to someone on this team that you want to be a mainstay here? That is, this, this contract is good for Manny Machado and the San Diego Padres, and if you're a fan of the San Diego Padres, but this is not good for any other small market team in Major League Baseball. It's just not. It's at least feasible when you see the New York Mets do it because of how a big a market it is. But like I said, I'm going to put the quotes around San Diego being a small market team because firmly I don't see it see them being a small market team, but they are classified as one. But yet they're shelling out money like this. This is because the owners want to win and it is bad for every single team in Major League Baseball. It is. All right, let's get to the good now. Let's get to the good side of things. And we're talking and I'm going to be talking about a team that has been shelling out money left and right like the New York Mets. And that is Ronnie Mauricio. Ronnie Mauricio is having an excellent spring training right now. He's actually showing and proving the fact that, hey, I don't need I, – I, I, the Mets don't need that Carlos Cray they try to sign because they have a guy who's a shortstop second baseman and Ronnie Mauricio who's just tearing the cover off the ball here in spring already. And what, He's like 21, 22. They even, I don't know if he's even 21 years old yet. He has so much talent that I honestly could see him being next to Frankie Lindor – at third base this upcoming year. Will it happen? Probably not. It probably won't happen this year. But they have a good problem to have, and they're actually saving money if they were to you know, use Ronnie Mauricio because if Carlos Correa would be on this team, they'd probably have to trade Ronnie or figure something out with him because everything would be blocking the way that he's supposed to be because Francisco indoors at shortstop. Carlos Correa would have been at third base. Carlos Correa is not at third base right now. So if Ronnie Mauricio can win the third base job outright, that'd be so phenomenal, and that'd be awesome. Because I actually want to see this dude in the... I want to see him Major League level. I want to see as many talented guys as possible because it's only good for the the thing for baseball, but the, the Mets have a good problem here. Now let's go to the ugly. Absolutely hate this. Absolutely hate it so much because it derails two different things for this organization. The Los Angeles Dodgers shortstop, Gavin Lux, towards ACL in a spring training game. It was like a freak accident, of course, especially when any time when it comes to an ACL. He was trying to get out of the way from the third baseman throwing it, and the way he got out was awkwardly, and the way he got down towards ACL, and he's done for the rest of the season. This sucks because there is so much talent within Gavin Lux that we have been seeing for since 2019. I think it was 2018 or 2019 we got his first call up and then COVID kind of like derailed of what they wanted to do with him. They signed some people. Then years passed. He was in and out of the lineups. He started off in AAA last year to begin the season just so he can get more at-bats. And this, is, and this absolutely sucks because they were basically not, the Dodgers were basically not wanting to go sign a shortstop because, one, they're saving money to try to get Shohei Otani once his contract's up with the Angels. And, two, Gavin Lux was the guy that they wanted at shortstop. They wanted Gavin Lux to be their everyday shortstop. That's why you didn't see them go for the Xander Bogarts. You didn't see them go for the Dansby Swanson's. You didn't see them go for the Carlos Correas. So they held off. And now the fact that Gavin Lux tore his ACL, there's not much depth at all for the Dodgers. This Dodgers team is not good. Like it's it has a lot of it has a lot of potential because of what the pitching rotation can do, but the hitting side of things. Doesn't look good whatsoever. There's been talks now that Chris Taylor, who's been a super utility guy for them, who's been around the infield and the outfield always, is going to start taking more reps at shortstop. And then also a thing that I don't like Dave Roberts saying is Mookie Betts might be playing more second base in the outfield, which if you guys see the defensive runs saved, Mookie Betts has like maybe, like this is in the past three or four years, Mookie might have 150-some defensive runs saves in the outfield. The next closest person has like maybe 60. So the fact that you're bringing in a gold-glover year-in, year-out outfielder to play your second base, which he has a very good – he was called to be a second baseman at Boston. So he is a gold-glove caliber player at second base, but he's a now traditionally better outfielder because we haven't seen him see what he's done in years past at second base. I think he's played a handful of games at second base in the Dodgers. But him being a mainstay at second base, I don't know if I'd like that whatsoever. So this is is just getting into an ugly situation. A bad offseason for – the Dodgers now leading into this is just not a good look whatsoever. And I, I hopefully the Dodgers can turn it around and figure something out, which they will. The Dodgers will figure it out. They 100% will figure it out. It's ugly. It's ugly. That's the good, and that's the bad, and that's the ugly. We're going to take a quick break, and I want to introduce you the Czech Republic World Baseball Classic team. There's a lot of casting characters on it. We'll discuss next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. there's so a the Kramer here on the Bet 1660, uh, also on the Odyssey app, and also on Twitter Spaces now, where we are dabbling into the bird area of having spaces. So, if you want to, if you have a bird app, follow me at Kramer Talks. And uh, on Saturdays, you'll see the space come up. I talk baseball, and that's what we do. That's what we do here on Saturdays Creamers. We talk baseball, and every once in a while we'll talk Chiefs because we're in the market, and it's football, and football is also a fun sport to watch and cover. But a fun sport to watch and cover, and that's Major League Baseball, and it's also the World Baseball Classic because we are going to be having some great, great times within the next week. Like, like, what is it? In three, four days? We're gonna have actual World Baseball Classic stuff going on, and I want to introduce you to a team—a team that's representing the Czech Republic. These are not baseball players. I will full warn you on this. This these players, these people on this team, do not play baseball for a living. So just take a good listen to this. This is—I think this is on their their TikTok account, the Czech Republic TikTok account—and they're introducing the players and their op- occupation. My name is Petr Zima, I'm a financial trader, I'm a DH for the Czech team. Arnoš Dubový, center field, teacher on high school geography and physical education. My name is Martin Červenka, I'm a sales representative for Silvan SRO and I'm a catcher for the Czech national team. So hello, I'm Matej Menší, my job is I'm a sports manager in our ball club. In Brno, I play left field for Czech national team. My name is Filip Smola, I do audit for KPMG Czech Republic and I play third base. I am Jacob Kubica, I'm sales manager in the energy company here in Czech Republic and I play third base. So my name is uh, Lukas Erkoly, marketing and communication for Czech Baseball Association and I am pitcher in national team. David Winkel, third base coach. Uh, I work uh, with Wood, my work, and then after the work we are going to the baseball field. My name is David Mergans. I'm pitcher and uh, my profession is moderator on the uh, magazine. My name is Marek Mieržík, uh, I'm buying Sunny Houses reconstruction and I'm pitcher and outfielder for the Czech national team. My name is Jakub Grepo, so I'm a utility player and currently I'm a student of the international affairs and political science in, in Brno University. My name is Daniel Vavruša, uh, I'm a catcher and me and my father we import baseball equipment to Czech Republic. So we have teachers, we have financial advisors, we have salespeople. Uh, heck, a person, I guess, is an editor on the magazine. Holy cow, Like these are not baseball players whatsoever. And I think I I might be rooting for the Czech Republic. They're not going to win their pool area because Japan's in there. But I am absolutely baffled, and I mean shocked, of how many people are not baseball players. Like, there's a guy that said he's a manager for some team, some baseball team. In the Czech Republic, he's also like their left fielder or something. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, that coach is actually going to be playing the, the World Baseball Classic representing your, your country. That's awesome. I think this is fantastic, but then we have guys like, if you look in the Dominican Republic, MLB All-Star, MLB All-Star, MLB All-Star, future Hall of Famer, MLB All-Star, MLB, another future Hall of Famer, MLB All-Star, MLB. That's, that's, that's just the Dominican Republic. That's also Team Puerto Rico. That's also Team Venezuela. That's also Team USA. There's so many teams in Major League Baseball that that are are having players represent the World Baseball Classic. I think the St. Louis Cardinals and the Houston Astros had the most. I think it's like 13 apiece, 12 or 13 apiece, of how many players are actually representing their country. Um, and they're part of the organizations here in Major League Baseball. So it's cool to see all these teams, I guess, be constructed, and especially with the Czech Republic. I'm assuming they just probably had a big tryout. Everyone showed up, and whoever I guess passed tryouts, made it to the Czech national uh, national team. So that is the Czech Republic World Baseball Classic stuff. I believe starts either on Tuesday or Wednesday. I think I, I should have the the date dead set and engraved in my mind it's just it's just blanking me right now. So yeah, that's coming up here soon and that means it's it's going to suck for players who have to adapt because there's going to be no there's no rule changes. The rule changes that happened in Major League Baseball did not transfer over to the World Baseball Classic. So that's also another reason why this pitch clock thing is going to be massive because I'm curious how long these games will go in the WBC. And I'm also curious how many players will have to readapt and reassert themselves to the actual rules of Major League Baseball once again once their team is eliminated from the World Baseball Classic because there's going to be, I feel like it's, it's going to be like Japan, Dominican Republic, Team USA, and I can't even think who else was in the other bracket on the other side of the other bracket. But there's going to be a lot of players in Major League Baseball who's going to be in the WBC for a, a long a period of time because of how well their team is constructed and how I guess how far they're going to go because this is every single team is loaded and stacked. It seems like in the World Baseball Classic, but yeah, every single game too is also being on Fox. So, like myself who has YouTube TV, that YouTube TV got rid of MLB Network, which I'm still furious about. I actually get to DVR every single World Baseball Classic game, and I get to sit there and watch almost every single World Baseball Classic game because it's going to be on Fox, Fox Sports. Absolutely love it. It's 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 nice. It's it's just nice to know that I can actually watch some sort of baseball. Right now on my YouTube TV knowing that LB network is not on my TV. Oh gosh, I'm so happy that I had my show today. I I really am. It's uh, it's coming to a close though. And one thing I would do would like to talk about is It's it's wild how time flies. Time has been truly flying for the longest since I've graduated in high school and everything. But eight years ago today, my best friend ever committed suicide. And I'm here to tell you all that if you ever need any sort of help, anything, there's always people here to talk to, whether if you want to talk to me, because I'm a strong advocate of mental health, uh, crisis, anything like that. There's help out there. If you dial 988 on your phone, either text or call, someone is there constantly. That is going to help you through anything that you need. If you need someone to talk to, just anything. Life is way too precious. And the fact if you commit suicide at the age of 18, not knowing anything in life. Now knowing that I'm 26 years old and I like have a broad spectrum of how life is and what life's meant to be. It's not taking it at a young age. There's so many things that you can learn in life, and if you need help, it's out there. So if you dial 988 on the uh, crisis, at your crisis um, uh, lifeline, it's, uh, if you also want to go to 988lifeline.org, there's also help there. But never be ashamed or afraid to reach out or seek help because it's always there waiting for you. Yeah, so this has been Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Sorry, uh, if you need help, go get it. Please put a smile on your face today, Kansas City. You never know who's going to need something to brighten up their day. Bump it, Kansas City. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.